Hi, I'm Rob and you're listening to the Teacher Planning Podcast. I'm here to simply help guide you towards quality, variety, consistent development as a teacher. You may have been teaching for 20 years or you might have been teaching for 20 days, but in my opinion, never stop learning. The day you stop learning is the day the education system is failing. Now one thing you need to remember when listening to this is that you need to be open-minded. What works for someone else might not work for you and what works for you might not work for someone else. We're all here to share ideas. So enough of me talking, here's this week's pod. So today I'm joined by Sam and today's episode is actually a slightly different episode considering the fact that all of my podcasts up till now have included teachers who have taught what they might view as an outstanding lesson and lessons that have gone really well for themselves. But Sam's actually going to talk about a lesson which has gone the opposite way for him. And I think lots of people could learn from this, as I'm sure Sam has learned himself. So Sam is a trainee PE teacher and you're based in Dorset, aren't you, Sam? Dorset, yeah. Cool, right. I'm, I'm going to let you give a bit more of an introduction to yourself. Uh, so thanks for having me. I'm Sam Simpson. Uh, I've been doing my teach train course this year for PE in a secondary school setting. I've had two placements, both local, one in Hampshire and one in Dorset. Uh, I'm a qualified boxing tutor as well as a personal trainer. So health and fitness is my strong point of teaching. But I do have uh, a passion. I do have a passion for all sports as well. So I like to be involved in everything going around, including after school clubs. For enjoying my training this year and all the experiences that I'm getting with it. Slightly different year for your training, isn't it? Slightly different year with the school closures going on, but it's interesting to see how schools run with everything going on at the moment um, and being able to be a part of setting online work and being part of the curriculum and just helping in other ways that I can throughout the department. Good on you. Okay, so I'm going to let you talk about this plan. So first of all, is this a practical or is it a theory lesson? This is a core year 11 uh, practical lesson in table tennis so it is actually the first time that I had seen this particular class and the students. Year 11 core tough gig. It can be a tough gig um, especially <laughs> the first time seeing them and seeing how they're going to act with a new teacher who's just walked in. So this is your first lesson with this particular group. What time, of, what time of year is this? This was beginning of January. Right. Very early on in the new year so perhaps a little unsettled throughout the uh, holidays they just had and coming back into school. But generally I thought that the behaviour from that class was, was good. Small things that I will talk about, such as uh, teacher presence, which I think is really important, especially as a trainee teacher, to sort of narrow down from the first instance. Okay, sorry, but um, before you continue, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the group. So how many have you got in this class? So we ended up having about 25 students choosing to do table tennis. It was mixed ability and mixed gender. Okay, cool. So you've got 25 students in there of a mix of boys and girls. Yes. And the, the sport that you're teaching is, what was it, sorry? Table tennis. It was going to be a, it was the first lesson I had with them. So the idea was to watch them play a bit, get an understanding of their ability levels and see what they can do and then get into some serving because that's obviously how we start a game. So I want to start off at that basic point. So you're talking about serving. What were your objectives for this lesson? The main objectives were to be able to understand, learn the key points of being able to do a forehand and backhand serve and to be able to perform this 
throughout the exercises, but then being able to take it into a game successfully in both singles and doubles. Because we had to share the tables, it was important, I think, to get doubles involved because we were having to do half court, so they couldn't practice hitting it across the table. The classic state school PE problem. Yeah. Where you can get enough tables for the students. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I've I've taught where I've had when it's been a kind of rainy day and you've had had to double classes up. I've taught with ten students around the table. Yeah, yeah, it could get quite messy. Yes, yes. I want you to give a description now, Sam, of how you wanted the lesson to go in an yeah. ideal world and what success would have looked like for you. Okay. So in an ideal world, well, starters, I would have had tables, so we could have done singles. <laughs> it would have been to go in with that presence, like not being nervous, having that confidence to go in. Be like, hello, I'm Mr. Simpson. Um, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I want to see. And then just get straight on with it. We did manage to get on with it relatively fast. All the students came out quickly. Uh, we lost quite a bit of time due to the sourcing out of options and what sports they wanted to do. But yeah, so ideally what I would would have been ideal was they already had an idea of what table they're going to be on, who their groups are going to be. They know what equipment to get, how to set it up because they weren't all entirely sure on how to set up the equipment. So even once we got up there, a little bit of time was uh, wasted. So it would have been nice to be able to avoid that, uh, just to get maximum time in the lesson. And then I called in the students, taught them all as a group. But then what started to happen was I was going around the tables and talking to groups individually as opposed to as a whole class. And from there, it started to go not majorly downhill, but there's just little things that you miss You miss on. There's little bits of key information that you miss to give them, uh, little things that my mentor picked up for me to learn and adapt to and change for my next lesson with them. Okay, so before we kind of go into anywhere where it went wrong, how, how did you foresee it when you were planning this lesson? Everyone being active at all times, I overestimated the ability levels as well. So it would have been nice to have been able to set a task that they could all have done quite comfortably so they could all see what success is so that they knew they could do it. So that would have been a good start point as well. So yeah, all being active, like I say tables for everyone so they could all have consistent goes because it was quite a bit of waiting around at some time, depending on how many were on a table. Okay. So you've talked about how you wanted the lesson to go, how it would have looked for you. And again, I'd assume at the end of this, you would have had them all playing backhand slice serves, chopping all over the place in doubles matches, using all the correct rules. That would have been ideal. Uh, the rules, yes, but we didn't quite manage to get onto top and backspin. So this is how we wanted it to go. Let's yeah. cut to the chase. How did okay. it go? <laughs> So we got, I got the starters going, so um, I was watching them play, I got them to do their half-court rallies, I got to watch them have a little half-court game so I could understand all their ability levels, who perhaps, whether I should move anyone to different tables so that they could have more, someone who's more of their level or not. So we got that going, that was just the starter task really, and that went well. And then we started doing the forehand serving, and what I wasn't expecting was students didn't quite understand body positioning body posture when playing and they didn't understand some of the rules such as the uh, table tennis ball having to bounce on both sides so instantly this was something i had to call them all in on and stop the lesson for just to clarify so that was quite a quick interruption 
Well, it sounds like a good start, the fact you had the confidence to do that. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that, that's where it went well. One of them, would, they were in pairs, one would put it on the table, the other one would uh, practice their forehand or backhand serves and try and hit the racket as a target. And every time they hit it within five shots, they made a little tally of that and then they would see out of each other who got the most. It's just add some competition to give them some determination to complete it successfully. Yeah, sounds um, good. It was at that point where I stopped calling everyone in as a class and I started going around the room and going to the tables individually and as their groups and explaining what I was looking for. So instead of calling them all in and being like, okay, this is something I've seen that we could work on, I made it a lot harder for myself by doing it for each table separately. But it added time to what I could have done in a short time, explaining to the whole class. It also meant there were some other students who maybe perhaps missed out on some information straight away. So they were playing for a while, not quite how I foresaw it going, how I wanted them to be completing the task. Were you trying to give differentiated instructions here or were you giving the same instructions at each table when you're going around? So I was trying to give different individualised um, teaching points and feedback which is why I did it separately but what I did notice was most of the feedback I was given was very similar and the same in that sense like I say bring them all in together at once would have been very beneficial as opposed to doing it separately also something else I would have done differently is and this is actually something I did on this lesson again but for a different class instead of using the rackets as a target I got a4 paper and every time they hit the paper they folded it in half and they would see how many folds they could get because then it adds a bit more differentiation, a bit more challenge into um, the task. Sorry for interrupting that. I spoke to another PE teacher who was talking about doing the, um, a table tennis lesson for a group of year seven students. And I think so many PE teachers have done this across the country. Just a simple use of A4 paper. Yeah. So it's so easy for people to use. It is. And it works really well with because it adds that element of competition, but it's not super competitive it's almost just friendly with their friend just to see who can get more folds yeah okay so you felt that this was your first point then that it started to go a bit downhill when you started going around the tables individually what is it about this that you thought i shouldn't have done that right so um like the first point that i said was the whole uh, it felt like there was time wasted on corrective playing and giving them the feedback that they needed but secondly where you then start to go across different tables, one thing that you need to always be thinking about in PE is your positioning. You need to be able to see what everyone's doing. You need to make sure that you're looking across the room to see if they're behaving properly. And what I did was I actually turned my back. I went onto one table, I just turned my back on the rest of the class. So one thing that I didn't notice happened that my mentor did and made a note of was there was a few students just throwing the ball up and hitting it as hard as they could. So this was something that I didn't pick up on straight away. So I just turn around and that's when the whole staff presence starts to come in. You know, are they going to take me seriously? Am I asserting my authority? Do they know I don't expect them to be doing this? And it's all just part of, like I said, the positioning. So you want to be making sure you can see the whole class at all times so that you can pick up on anything. You could be talking to one student, but still talk to another student across the room by saying, well done, that's what I want to see. Or you could use... Uh, a method for um, sort of correcting behavior without talking to someone face to face one on one you say something so they can hear hear it so if someone's messing around but there's someone on the same table doing a job well you could be like 
well done, that's really good, exactly what I'm looking for, that's a praise point, for example. And then the other student's like, oh, wow, so he is watching, he is going to give out rewards, and that's what he's expecting, and then they kind of follow suit. Um, something that at that point I hadn't realised, that was something that I learned after this lesson. It's amazing how, I think that's mainly taught to teachers of primary school students. But it really works all the way up to the age of 16, yeah. probably even 18 as well. It, it really does. It had a really strong impact, actually. As soon as I started doing that in other lessons as well, you can actually see other students following. Because as much as some students say they don't want to be seen to be getting praised, they do want to be praised. They do want to be seen doing well and doing things correctly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So let's, let's bring it back to where you were. So you were saying that you had turned you had turned your back on students, and there was all sorts of carnage going on behind you. Yeah, uh, you didn't even know at the time. You only found out until your mentor told you afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so was... you, you've wasted a bit of time so far. We've got yeah. students hitting balls and all sorts of carnage going on in the sports hall or wherever you have your table tennis lessons. Yeah. Is there anything else that went particularly wrong with that lesson? After that, not so much. I think where some of the students have started to mess around even though it wasn't massive it wasn't like a lot of students were misbehaving but it was enough that when we went into games it was enough for students to be off task not be fully focused but i do have another example actually from a different lesson which is the same as the positioning this was a year nine badminton and i was talking there was a student really struggling they were just not quite guessing it so i tried to focus and really help them out and I did, but in the process of just focusing on that court and that student, behind me was a student throwing his racket really high up in the air, which is a massive health and safety risk. Um, so that's, again, it just shows the importance of positioning and health and safety in PE. What, what's the school like you teach in? So my second and main placement, which is the school I'm talking about now, was really, really fantastic. It was a really positive experience. But you go to any school, and if you don't, if you don't straight away put down those expectations or you show you give them an opportunity to sort of mess around some students will take it no matter what school you're in I think I think yeah it's something we were talking about before that if you teach a bad lesson in certain schools like, like the school that you're talking about the students might misbehave or they might hit the table tennis ball somewhere they shouldn't do whereas yeah. there'll be some teachers listening to this who might don't want to generalize but they might teach in a rough inner city school Maybe thinking, bloody hell, mate, you're lucky that they've only done that. <laughs> lucky that they've not run out of the class or they've smashed doors in or they've run around their mates' classes. Yeah, exactly. Knocking on all the windows, trying to <laughs> get, get all their mates' attention. Yeah. So I think if, if this was the type of mistake that I had made in my first placement, I think what you've just explained is something that I would have come across. There was definitely a, a lot more characters in there, a lot more students ready to take advantage of anything they could to have a little mess around. Even though I didn't, I didn't quite have those repercussions, I think it is really important for everyone to think about. 100%, definitely. So how did this look at the end of the lesson? So your ultimate objective was to get them, did you say it was to get them serving in both singles um, and doubles? Yeah. In the game situation? Yeah, so to transfer the skills from the exercises over into a game situation, yeah. Um, and, and how successful looked, were you in this? It, it was successful. Um, all students were serving correctly, um, not made massively consistently or all the time, 
but they were doing it at least once every student did do a successful serve and even better some students were winning points from serves so what would have been good would have been able to add topspin and backspin onto those serving techniques a lot of them were doing forehand and disregarding the backhand because they were more comfortable with it so it would have been better if i could have got them to do a mixture of both and added some terms into the um the game situations such as maybe you get two points if you do a backhand serve for example just to add different challenges and differentiation to get them to engage in all their skills there so do you think that every student in that class made progress no because there were some students who um you, they did play table tennis before and where i was concentrating on too i was concentrating too much on bringing everyone to the same level i didn't pay attention to those who were already at that level um and i could have added so much more for them, such as the top spin and backspin. Okay, so how did your conversation go with your mentor after this lesson? It was okay. It was my first lesson. Um, it was my first time that I was being observed by my head of men, uh, my head of department and my mentor. So I did feel quite under pressure. So what my mentor made and really showed me that was important was that staff presence, the positioning and having confidence. And then in terms of my lesson, I put a bit more time into it and just make sure I covered all the aspects. This is what I want them to achieve. How am I going to do it? What if this doesn't happen? What else can I do? How can I make it more challenging? How can I reach every single student in that class? I mean, it's good that you're reflecting upon this as you are, because there'd be a lot of trainees in your position. So you've been in the profession now for what, four months or so. And this is your first year 11 class and, and there'd be a lot of people who would, who would love to be in the position that you're in here. So I would say, even though that you've got it in your head that this was a horrendous lesson, to me, I mean, if, if I were to hear that from one of my trainees, I'd be pretty pleased because it sounds like there were still good points to the lesson. It wasn't completely disastrous. So there were some students who made progress. It's not as if your, your sports hall wasn't burned down, was it? <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it didn't go how you wanted it to go. And I'm sure you wouldn't like to use it as a lesson to show your tutor at your university or something like that. But that's what teaching is all about and learning to teach mm. is all about. These yeah. experiences. And the fact that you've come on here to talk about this shows that you're, you're willing to learn from it and you don't want to repeat that experience. Yeah, and I think it is a good thing, actually, to, although you don't want to have a bad lesson, it is, it is okay. It was, my mentor told me that plenty of times, you know, he'll leave a lesson and he'll think, well, that could have been so much better. It's always going to happen. Just spend an hour or so reflecting what could have done better, what you do next time, and just let go of it. Don't let it eat you up. Yeah, so I'm going to give you what I normally give guests at the end of the pod. It's a 30-second challenge. And in this 30 second challenge, I normally ask people to sum up a lesson through a structure and what they are hoping to achieve from the students and why it was such a good lesson. I'm going to give you a different 30 second challenge. In your 30 second challenge, I want you to summarize your conversation with your mentor from after the lesson and key pointers that he gave you to avoid these mistakes again. 30 seconds starts in three, two, one, go. So it was a positive um, meeting, talk. Um, it's important to be positive about even if things have gone wrong, um, which really helps to ease some of the pressure. But 
like I've said throughout this podcast, what you really wanted me to work on, my main development points were presence and confidence. And it's really important to get that right. Because if you can show that you've got confidence, if you can say things with confidence and students know what you're expecting, they're going to listen and ultimately they're going to learn. So I've taken that on board and seen a lot of progress in my own teaching since. Presence and confidence were the main things I got from that. Yeah, I struggled to think at the end. 35, 35 seconds. So what would you take away from this? So what, what kind of small wins would you do? Say, for example, to avoid children playing up behind your back. What would you do in the future? So I've actually, what I've started doing is I now I have a picture, not a literal picture, but a drawing perhaps of the environment I'm going to be in, such as the sports hall. And I've actually like designed sort of how I want to walk around, how I'm going to be standing, looking, so I can be looking at students all the time, making sure health and safety is okay. More importantly, I can praise them if needed. Because the other thing that I, what I didn't mention is by turning your back, yes, bad things are going to happen but you're also going to miss some of the good things. And some students may do something really, really excellent and you've missed it. And then that's not going to motivate them to do it again. I like that. It's a really good way of thinking about it. So instead of saying, oh, this is going to happen if you turn your back, that's going to happen. It's going to be the worst thing in the world. I like the fact that you've actually said it's quite a bad thing because you've missed something so good from the lesson. Yeah, definitely. It's about keeping them engaged, keeping them wanting to play and if they're doing well and you're not picking up on it, why would they want to carry on? Yeah, very true. Very true. So Sam, if people want to find out a bit more about you, is there anywhere where they can reach out to you at all? Yeah, sure. If people want to reach out, they can uh, connect to me on Twitter. My handle is at Harry Mister. I'm trying to get a bit of a following on there so that I can share resources, pick up some resources and just connect with as many people out there as possible. So absolutely. I'm on Twitter, follow me, I'll follow back and we'll see if we can help each other out. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Sam. I mean, I appreciate it and I'm sure there'll be lots of listeners out there who appreciate this slightly different episode as well and and listening to someone who's had, in their eyes, a negative experience. In someone else's eyes, this may not be the worst experience in the world, but in your eyes, as someone who clearly has ambition, this has been a negative experience and you want to learn from it you're on here telling me about it to avoid others making the same mistakes as you have. So really appreciate you coming on, Sam. Thank you for the opportunity. And and all I would say is good luck for the rest of this year and good luck in your NQT year. Yes, looking forward to it. Brilliant. Thanks, Sam. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Teacher Playing Podcast. If there's any topic or lesson that you'd like to be discussed, feel free to get in contact. Keep educating, keep learning.